Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and good evening. This is Joelle and I am the Vibrarian. I am here to elevate, enlighten, and empower. And this is the Psychic Inside Show. I am so excited because this is one of my favorite things to do. I get to talk with people who have had the most fascinating journeys uncovering their psychic gifts and abilities. Now, I believe that everyone is psychic and you just may not realize it. So when we have these guests on, it is with the main goal of helping you to hear something that maybe will spark a feeling of recognition or a common experience that you might have so that you can understand where you have been operating in your psychic gifts and abilities Uh, I'm here every Tuesday on the Vibrary Radio Network, which is hosted on Blog Talk Radio. This also goes out on all of the podcasting, distributing channels. So I'm in iTunes, Audible, um, Google Play Podcasts, and you can also catch the replays on the Vibrary YouTube channel. Now, that's V-I-B-E-R-A-R. Why? And the E is all about the energy that is being brought into this space and the connections that I am creating through the community I like to call the Good Vibe Tribe. You can connect on social media at The Vibrarian. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, of course, YouTube. And uh, all of my guests who come on, you're going to have an opportunity to connect with as well. So, uh, you know, Again, this is super exciting. I've got 40 interviews already if you want to check out the stories that have been shared so far. And tonight is the first episode of the 2023 season, and I could not be more delighted, really, than I am right now for my first guest. Um, A lot of times when I'm bringing people on, I don't necessarily know them personally, or I only know a little bit. So it's really great because then I get to ask all kinds of, you know, probing questions, which as a librarian really makes my little old heart happy. (laughs) But tonight's guest, I have had the beautiful experience of sitting in circle with her on a couple of occasions as 2022 was winding down. So my guest this evening is Sandy Buford Muhammad, and she is known as the Spiritual Physician. She's a native of Atlanta, but she's got some stamps in her uh, geography and passport, if you will, and has been in lots of places collecting her experiences in her life. So I'm very excited this evening to welcome you, Sandy. Thank you for joining me for the Psychic Inside Show. I'm wondering if we're having a little technical difficulties here. Let me see if I can bring her back on. All right, we're trying it again. It really wouldn't be Mercury. There we are. There you are, Sandy. Welcome to the second. (laughs) It wouldn't be Mercury retrograde if we didn't have a few technical difficulties, right? (laughs) That is absolutely correct. And you know, when you're doing phenomenal things in this. Um, in this place and time that we're in. Sometimes there's a little glitch, but we've got help from all areas. So I'm grateful you're able to hear me now. 
Yes, wonderful. So, Sandy, I am so excited. As I said, we've got to sit and circle a couple times as the year was winding down. And I know a little bit about you, but let me first ask you, is the word psychic something that you identify with? So that's interesting that you asked me that question, um, Joelle, because I needed to do a little background research on that word. I've never referred to myself as psychic. However, um, based upon what I have found, the root word of that word is um, it's of a Greek origin, which simply means of the mind, um, simply means um, psych. Psyche means of the mind, and then the um, the derivative derivative of that as well connects to the soul. So it's the mental, the soul. It's of the mind, the soul of the mind, the mind of the soul. So I definitely connect with that. And then there's a Zulu derivative of that word as well, which I really really connected with. And that word is called Issa Nusi, and that's a traditional healer or a diviner. So okay. I'm definitely connected to the energy of what we're talking about today. Can you spell that for me and our listeners? You know yes. I love information. Give it to me. Okay, what was that again? I love it. I love it. So the Zulu word for psychic, if you will, it is I-S. A-N-U-S-E. And it's a traditional healer or a diviner. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that you're yes. outside of yes. the Greek kind of language that we've learned in terms of like the 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 archetype of psyche and all of that. So that's really mm-hmm. wonderful. In your own personal experience prior to even hearing that word, would you say that it had a positive, negative, or neutral kind of connotation in terms of prior knowledge? Well, I have to tell you, I was a birth in the South. Atlanta is originally my home. And when I would hear that word growing up, it either had um, a connotation that someone was mentally challenged when you would hear that, or someone was practicing or doing something which was forbidden. Mm. So as I have, um, with my background being as a court reporter, of course, we study, and this is where you and I connect that, we mm-hmm. study the derivative of words. Mm-hmm. And so we don't get caught up in what people say the word is. We are researchers. And Mm -hmm. so we find out for ourselves. And so over time, I've become very comfortable with that word, psychic. And I think that's so interesting because I think that many people over, say, the last 40 years, I'll give you at least 40 Mm. years on this earth, right, the mm-hmm. the negative connotation of that word as being like a forbidden uh, practice or forbidden mm-hmm. label in terms of religion or um, right. uh, especially in the South, uh, the Bible Belt, if you will, 
Uh, It definitely has evolved to a little bit more looseness. I don't necessarily think it's broadly accepted, but, uh, you know, we're kind of uh, more embracing of uh, less strict definitions of spirituality and interaction and communication with our mental and uh, emotional self. I love mm-hmm. that you said the spiritual diviner from the Zulu oh, because yeah. we know that, uh, you know, even in the most strict of religious uh, settings, there have been those who are interacting with the divine and either healing or diagnosing or speaking life into or any number of things that we would call divination or, or communicating with spirit, source, God that were very accepted and not rejected, yeah. but they're it's not really that different yeah. from what people are doing. You you know, it's interesting that you say that. I believe that indoctrination is based upon a Western perspective. If we go to any original people of the earth, whether it's Native American, whether it's uh, those from the continent of Africa, um, whether it is from even um, the East, the Middle East, um, uh, the Orient, uh, Asia, mm-hmm. every every group has those that they honor that works with the ancestors, those who have transitioned on um, the close to the earth, whether it's dealing with herbs. I mean, the mm-hmm. the Asian, um, I don't want to be offensive, but those who are from um, the, the uh, China, Japan, mm-hmm. they have perfected the, the craft of herbs and living close to the earth. And so mm-hmm. one of the other words that came up when I did this research is called a smelling doctor. That's oh. what psychics were also called smelling doctors. And so, or witch doctors or smellers because they had heightened senses of smell and could also sense and perceive things that might happen in the future. So when you, when you speak about those who have um, a people of color, we've always been close to the earth. We've always been able to um, have insight, but we didn't mm-hmm. call it psychic abilities. We had other words and other names for them. And so mm-hmm. when we are integrating into a civilization that's developing and creating itself, America, then there are perceptions about, you know, other people ways of, the same thing that have always existed. We are becoming more acclimated, I believe, and becoming more comfortable with naturally who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, so these other words are now beginning to come to us and we're being reminded this is who we've always been. This is mm-hmm. who this is this is nothing strange. This is nothing new. This is nothing taboo. This is who we've always been. We've always had these abilities. So I was really excited when I began to to pick up additional information to help me 
talk about what it is that I do. You know, I've never, like I said, I've never referred to myself as a psychic. But mm-hmm. definitely I've referred to myself as a spiritual physician, as a healer, although I say I don't heal anything. It's the divine presence in me that flows mm-hmm. through me. So I've always referred to what a psychic does and is historically. I've just never used that terminology. So thank you for using well, that word and for us being able to explore it more. Well, thank you for speaking to my little researcher's heart with expanding my <laughs> knowledge as well. I mean, of course, we knew we had that common kind of vibe with our uh, information-centric perspectives. <laughs> now, yes. You talk about things that have always been present, but now just coming back into reemergence, a reintegration, sometimes after great wounding, right? But for you, yes. at what point would you say that, oh, excuse me, <laughs> little outdoor <laughs> motorcycle there, but at what point would you say that you recall that you exhibited something that may not have been considered normal or different or was your experience that your gifts when you did have them come to your awareness it was not considered abnormal like what kind of personal path did you first encounter well i have to say with my mother because (laughs) Uh, my brothers, I have two brothers, um, and they used to say to my mother that she must be a witch because she would say to them, if you don't stop X, Y, and Z, then X, Y, and Z is going to ha- is going to happen to you, right? So as I've researched the word psychic, one of the things that have come up is you, you have this ability, this keen ability to foretell the future, like you can see what's happening in the future. And so I have to say that I probably got it from my mother who probably got it from her mother and her mother's mother's mothers and so forth and so on. But mm-hmm. that, would, that, I would say, would be the first integration of my awareness of someone being able to see, being able to tell the future based on present actions, right? Mm-hmm. So I, as a little girl, um, I used to um, have visions like, I loved being outside, and growing up in Atlanta, the night sky was beautiful, and I would lie in my driveway and just look up at the stars and just be mesmerized by the stars. And I can't recall anyone ever teaching me astronomy or talking to me about the stars or anything, but I was always so fascinated with the stars. And then the falling stars, we were taught that you make a wish because there's a falling star, right? Make a wish. So I can remember, I can recall, like, just fantasizing about worlds and and other places, like, what are the possibilities? But I never really tapped into or even became aware of having an ability to look at patterns and do predictions of patterns because, for me, that's what it is until I became an adult. Um, and that is through the study, one of the courses that I did was uh, Dianetics uh, by Mm -hmm. Dr. L. Ron Hubbard. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a Scientologist, but the Honorable Minister Farrakhan asked us to do this study because we could help more people through traumatic experiences in their lives. And so Mm -hmm. I began that study, 
And when I begin that study during that process, you work with traumatic experiences that you've had in your life. Well, I began to work with traumatic experiences for this lifetime, but it led me to other lifetimes. I could see my life in other lifetimes. So now I'm like, okay, I realize why I was a court reporter. I've held a position of record keeping for many, many lifetimes. I've been like the sacred person to hold secrets. For many, many lifetimes, I had an opportunity to see that. And when I began to see that, everything in my life, it made sense. Why I grew up where I grew up, why I went to the schools where I went to, why I was friends with some of the people, why some of the things that happened in my life happened. That made me a believer. And then I could begin to see the patterns of my life, which then helped me to see patterns of my future because everything is a cycle. Everything works together. And it became so obvious to me. So if we go back to the word what a psychic is, you're able to see with a heightened sense the future, things that are to come, and even things that may have already happened. Mm -hmm. I realized, yes, it was simple for me once I learned it from a mathematical perspective. There are patterns in life. There are universal laws in life, and they do not change. There's a universal law that we all must abide by. And when we understand those universal laws, then we can see more. We can understand more. We appreciate things, how they happen. And we don't as much get so, I would say, bent out of shape when certain things happen. We know that as you can say, par for the course. That's the mm-hmm. point of it. It's so yeah. interesting because as I'm, you know, I'm just unpacking as you're talking, the average person has a hard line, and I'm speaking in generalities, of course, but for them there's a hard line in the idea of math, one plus one equals two, or, you know, Fibonacci and the golden ratio and pi equals 3.14, to make that then leap for some over to the mm-hmm. I am all that I am and have been and will be, and I see my life story and stories, those that represents a big leap for some. Mm-hmm. Was was the Dianetics framework then a, I mean, I'm not as familiar with it in terms of never having read it, but I understand that it had a great impact for people, I think, in the 70s and 80s, especially mm-hmm. with the kind of new thought that it was emerging. Was that one of the key teachings that helped take you from the linear logic outside of that to be more expansive? So I'm going to share this with you. Uh, it's the teachings of Mr. L. Ron Hubbard, who is uh, of a, Cus- a ca- Caucasian persuasion. And so it's from the perspective of strictly scientific, how the mind works and what happens with the mind when a traumatic event happens, what okay. happens with the blood system, what happens with the memory of the cells. The cells contain memories. And so it's strictly from a scientific perspective, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. One plus one equals two all the time. There's no deviation. 
However, because I am a spiritual person, mm-hmm. as I begin to study and because of my profession where all I did was listen for 29 years and observe people's mannerisms and observe people's reactions to certain words and how some people would react differently from someone else with the exact same words, I began to begin I began to see the patterns. And as a result of my understanding of Dianetics coupled with spirituality, because the spirituality part for me is the emotional component. The right. emotional component and the ability to just say I am, like I can be whatever it is that I choose to be, no matter what my experiences in life might have been. So for mm-hmm. me, there is a scientific portion, and then there's a spiritual portion for me, which defies logic for me. Yes. So it was through that coupling that I was able to truly grasp how we can move through easily by just studying ourselves, not even necessarily trying to study anybody else outside of us, Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. looking at our own personal life patterns. There's another thing I'd like to bring in since we're talking about patterns, if I may. There's a process that I do that's called family mapping. Yes. It is from I give honor to Credo Mutua, C-R-E-D-O Mutua, M-U-T-W-A. He was a Zulu priest, and he was taught from a young age um, the history of his tribe. That is one of the responsibilities that he had from a child. And so as he matriculated through life, he became more and more proficient with understanding the patterns, here we go again, that mm-hmm. the the ancestors, the patterns that they led, the patterns that they created to create who he is and was at the point that he was. So he had a mm-hmm. complete genealogy, track record, history of his tribe for hundreds Mm -hmm. of years. Mm -hmm. So now, getting to patterns. So this process, this process that he taught a gentleman who visited and studied with him, he brought this process, which is called family constellation, to America. Mm -hmm. I call my process family mapping because it's specifically a map of who you are. Mm-hmm. So when you understand your personal pattern of where you've come from, who your parents are, who your parents' parents are, this is why when you go and do a medical, uh, you get an intake at a medical doctor with a medical mm-hmm. doctor, they want to know the history, because you're looking at patterns. It's not that genetically we will have a disease because our foreparents or our grandparents or parents had a disease. Most often we have the same diet that our parents mm-hmm. and grandparents have, which predisposes us to the certain type of diseases that we might have. But when we can see our pattern, then we can shift in that pattern, in that knowingness, and do something different. 
And you don't have to even believe that this is true. If you just mm-hmm. try getting up in the morning and do some one little thing differently, your entire day is going to shift and be differently. So that's what I begin to understand, studying myself. And it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not, you know, um, very technical when we study ourselves. It doesn't have to be. It can be very simple, starting simple. And then that will help us to shift into our own ability, as you can say, to be psychic for our own lives. Yes, Thank I'm you just so thinking. Much for allowing me to share. No, that. that's um, I'm just this awesome because uh, well, I heard "Know Thyself," you know, to Houthi or Toth, yeah. however Hermes, uh, however you want to refer to the energy, but also, it, I hear the intersectionality of how, like, L. Ron Hubbard, as you said, was very hard science. Uh, And Mm. then you're talking about soft spirituality. And then we have the emergence now of a term that more people are familiar with, which is epigenetics, which kind Mm. of arose to prominence when they were looking at the trauma-formed behaviors of children and grandchildren of people who were involved in the Jewish Holocaust. And Mm -hmm. so it was the soft side of the emotional manifestation of something that was not experienced by that self that when they began to study it, now you can look at other trauma, uh, like the, the slavery Holocaust of 400 years, um, you can look at the colonialist holocaust of thousands of years and what patterns were formed as a cellular response, not just to the environmental conditions, but the emotional and family context conditions. Very sciencey, but very emotional because we're talking about mental health and well-being as well as body health and patterns and well-being. And it's all kind of coming forward now in a very blended way, and more people are able to get healing because of this and unlock mm-hmm. mysteries of things. Like if you know you got a high cholesterol, yes, you can be genetically exposed to it, but if everybody in your family eats the same way, there's that mm-hmm. two components. And I do know that the pharmaceutical companies know because they market that and they say, well, this drug helps you if you have this kind of particular expression of high cholesterol. But for those of you who have the other kind of expression, we've got a drug for that too. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. the spiritual world and the emotional world is a little behind the money side of the uh, solution <laughs> paradigm that's coming forward. Yes, it's interesting. Thank you for bringing the aspect in um, with reference to the confirmation that indeed what a person has gone through can definitely dictate how they express themselves when they show up in whatever environment that they are presenting in. Mm. As you were talking, my mind went to... um, my mind went to biblical and <laughs> in many of the books of the of the bible of the quran of the torah of these sacred texts that people we as a people refer to and live by 
um, we always refer to something of a higher awareness than ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. That there is some type of moving energy that's more uh, aware, more brilliant, more wise, more, um, you know, more expansive in understanding Mm -hmm. than us mere mortals, I'll say, right? Mm -hmm. And so as I was listening to you, you know, my mind went to, what if we don't necessarily uh, definitely acknowledge and know what biogenetics are, however, not stop there, like allow mm-hmm. that to be a way through to who we believe we truly are. And if mm-hmm. we cannot stop there and continue to move through who we believe we truly are, then the truth of the matter is we not only have DNA of our physical ancestors, we might as well have DNA of a spiritual nature. Mm-hmm. And so because if we can follow that thought process, then that would mean that we were something before we came into this physical body. So mm-hmm. we only are looking at a very small segment or a very small part of who we are. So let's look at what is, what's the possibility that we are something or someone before we come into this physical being. As we are talking about this biogenetics and as we are talking about trauma experience, mm-hmm. if in fact it's a possibility that we are something else before we come into this physical being, then whatever that something else is coming through to experience this physical being. But if we cannot get lost in just the physical and also connect with the spiritual, then whatever we experience in this physical body, it can be easily resolved when we connect with the spiritual essence of truly who we are, which for me never changes. Just like I am a mother, I am a wife, I am an aunt, I am a sister, I'm a cousin, I'm all of those things. Mm-hmm. But I'm not all of those things all at the same time. I'm not having to express myself in all of those many ways all at the same time. It's mm-hmm. an aspect of who I am. So for me, this physical body is an aspect of who I am. And how I live my life, I live my life as first a spiritual being. So if I live my life first as a spiritual being, then no matter what I go through in this physical life, I can say this is an aspect of who I am. What can I do to help myself move through this physical experience, which really feels real, right, Mm -hmm. but experience it from the perspective of who I truly am? So that is what helps me to get through all of the intricate intricate nuances of this physical existence. I still have to be in this physical body. I still have to do what I came here to do, but I do it from the perspective as a living, spiritual, breathing being, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Absolutely, it does. I like it like that a lot better. You know, it really is more, (laughs) for me, it's a lot more healthy and positive when uh, I live in that framework if you know it, it gives me more freedom personally <laughs> uh, of my experience mm-hmm. 
once I live in that kind of perspective. And, you know, when you say, Walt Whitman said, you know, I think, do I contradict myself? Then very well, I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes, right? So when we can free ourselves and just be things that are, like you said, an aunt is contradicted to a mother or, you know, to a wife versus a daughter, Those some of those things are in opposition. A court reporter would be oppositional to a Akashic Records reader if in some people's minds, right? But there is no need to uh, make it all fit into the same box when you have a very expanded framework. <laughs> Absolutely. You are absolutely correct. Now, in terms of your, I have so many little bookmarks here that I'm trying to focus back in. In terms of your work as like a court reporter, and for those in our audience who may not be familiar with that uh, vocation, can you talk a little bit more specifically about, A, how that process works and what you did and who you encountered in the environment? So uh, share with me, which process are you referring to? The court reporter, but the, the very 3D regular job kind of self that you were embodying ah. in first. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Beautiful. So you'd like for me to share a little bit about what court reporting is? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. 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 My first love. Um, so court reporting simply is the young lady or young man who you see sitting in the courtroom that's taken down every single thing that is being said. So whether it is a aha, a ooh, a swoop, all of these sounds are being trans transcribed and translated from English, the spoken word, to shorthand. Mm -hmm. And most of us uh, now are utilizing machines, uh, which is called a court reporting machine. So I take the spoken word. I use a form of shorthand on my machine to translate it, and I was a, what was called a real-time court reporter. I would write, and the cable, my little cable from my machine would go to my laptop. And as I would write, everything that is being said would be in my handwriting shorthand and then translated into the computer into English for someone else to be able to look at the screen and know everything that's being said. Now, how that happened is over over uh, several years, every single word that I've ever heard, I had a shorthand brief for that mm -hmm. word, which would mean if I heard a word, I would stroke it out on my court reporting machine, and then I would go to my computer and I would define every time I stroke this word on my shorthand machine, I want it to translate into this English word. Mm -hmm. So I did that in school. After school, I constantly, constantly expanded my vocabulary on my court reporting machine. And so over time, 
my speed got faster. I could take down conversations between several people at normal conversation speed, sometimes at exceedingly fast speed. I would listen. I would write the stroke that would correspond to the word that is being said, and it would be translated into a transcript that someone can take, use it for appeal, use it for uh, filing a lawsuit, whatever it is. And I worked in criminal court. I worked in civil court. I worked in domestic court. I worked in different states as a court reporter. And eventually I retired after having my business for 15 years. I retired from court reporting so that I could do this type of work full time. Mm-hmm. It's, I have the most utmost respect for the court reporter because, uh, as, uh, you know, work in the legal industry and the court system truly holds the power of life and death in the gavel, and behind that is the accurate, truthful representation of what people say. So, like, you're Mm. so important in terms of making a record. And not only – you learned a different language, first of all, that's almost like sigils and shorthand and and things that are kind of magical because it makes no sense (laughs) to the people who don't understand the transcription. But with the right code, you're unlocking then what you're hearing. And also, if you can imagine people – if you think about Neo and the Matrix and how – all of this information when he's plugged in is flowing across him at a rapid pace, but he's getting all of it. It's understanding. So your time as a court reporter it got your weight up, if you will, in terms of rapid processing of massive volume of not just spoken in information, but um, like you said, the pauses, the periods, the punctuation, the energy that is being spoken with the actual words, which needs to be conveyed also in the record. That's hugely mm-hmm. informing as a daily practice and habit. I would expect that now you still also hear with your court reporter ears a lot of things <laughs> and are still processing quite a lot of information through your mental space <laughs> at a level. It is, yes, indeed, indeed. It's, it's, I love talking about court reporting. That, 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 as I said, my first love, you know, and as I, as I talk about it and as you uh, speak, as you speak about the process, there are many things that I have for a long time taken for granted. And one of those things is the ability and the ability to understand communication. So as a court reporter, not only are you you hearing what's being said, but it's important to know where to put the comma and the period and the semicolon and the, um, the colon inside of a sentence because punctuation will change the meaning of the sentence. And when Mm -hmm. someone reads it at a later time, if punctuation is not appropriate for how it was expressed at that moment in time, you will get a completely different impression of what was said. Mm. So that is one of the things that I 
that I have often not even thought about, but it's very important. How we communicate is very important. And I always say, you know, if you or I am a person that have difficulty communicating with people, whether it's verbally, whether it's emotionally, whether it's physically, what's happening is the way that we communicate is not the way that the person who's receiving the communication from us understands. Mm -hmm. I hope that's clear. Mm -hmm. So I can be communicating with you, but if I'm not aware of how you understand, then my communication with you will always be be flawed. You will say something to me and I'll always misunderstand or I'll always have a different interpretation upon what it is that you're saying to me. So it's important for us, and I learned this through court reporting, because attorneys would ask witnesses all the time a question, and the witness will give them an answer that they were not asking for. They were mm. asking another question. And so when, when, when we are communicating and we have a thought in our mind, times all we're concerned about is getting to the point that we need to get to. Mm. But if we're not considerate, after we've had an interaction with someone, how they communicate, we will never get the answer that we are seeking because we don't have the right question. The right question is not formulated, and that leads back to psychic. Mm -hmm. How does that lead back to psychic ability? Because Mm -hmm. I can be having a conversation with you or you can be expressing something to me, and if I'm not able to tap into the emotional, spiritual essence of what you're saying, I will miss everything. If I take it literally, Mm -hmm. especially this English language, this English Mm -hmm. language is very difficult for those who are not having the English language as a first language. Mm -hmm. If I am not familiar with intonations, with uses of, with uses, with usage, usage of words, if I'm not familiar with that, then when someone is communicating with me, I will completely misunderstand what is being said. So that taps into now we all have a psychic ability because we are understanding this communication with the language which is not native to us, most Mm -hmm. of us. Mm -hmm. So that is one of the things that I found in being a court reporter. It's important to be able to effectively communicate the way that a person understands. And that way they can communicate back to us what it is that we are asking them or what it is that we are attempting to elicit from them or what it is that we're trying to understand, you know? So that is that was so profound um, an awareness that I received as a court reporter, the ability to effectively communicate. It's so very important, like what you're saying is so important. But to bridge it then out of like the 3D world to the the more esoteric or 5D, if we're talking about a, a person, a human being who is experiencing uh, the incarnation, what we mm-hmm. know as the Akash or the Akashic record, it would be as if someone turns on a recording button at our moment of birth and that court reporter, if you will, the great divine court reporter that is neutral, uh, is basically recording then all that the being experiences throughout the lifetime. 
And in some religious perspectives, then, you know, at the end of your journey, when you die, you go and you have to be accountable to someone for whatever you did in your Akash for this particular cycle. Um, And when you were talking about why punctuation matters, what popped into my mind is that if you have a life that, say, was punctuated by uh, childhood sexual trauma, or a traumatic accident, those punctuation matters, right? So, like, what the beings experienced, if it was a pause, a comma, uh, a run-on sentence, or something where um, phases of your life merged together, or you were separated from something, or misunderstood, being misunderstood is more more common when people don't realize what your life experience has held. And if you don't Mm. even realize what your past life experiences have held, then you may not understand why this particular thing is not understood when it's operating in your current life. That is so powerful, Joelle, um, that you say that. And most times we do not know why we've experienced the things that we've experienced or why we were birthed in the families, like why this family, like, you know, I can't, I cannot even count the number of clients that have said to me, I feel like I don't belong in this family. Like I'm not like anybody in this family. Like why am I here? I mean, there are many questions a lot of times around, what you've just spoken about. And it's in the questioning that we begin our journey. So I think it's important that when we've had these pauses in life and we have no understanding about, um, you know, I just got a message for someone telling me that this is some good conversation we're doing, Joelle. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. I love it. Yes. Um, you know, these pauses that we have in our lives, it's important that we begin to do some reflection because it's, be, it's during that time that when we start asking these questions that we start the journey of self-discovery. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times it starts with pain in our lives. You know, it starts with discomfort in our lives. But that's what gets us to seeking. There has to be something like, Why is this? Just the question of why, you know? And so Mm. I love to assist in that journey, in the journey when you begin to ask the question why, because as I mentioned in the beginning of the program, that I realized why my profession as a court reporter, uh, I, I, I experienced that profession because in my work with myself, I've been a recorder, a keeper of the records for many lifetimes. Mm-hmm. So me being a court reporter in this third dimension was a natural process from the many other lifetimes that I've had. It was mm-hmm. a natural process. And it is to get me to where I am now, doing the work that I do now. I know that there is a a book of deeds. So for those who may be listening to this conversation and 
we're using terminology that you may not know. Hopefully we'll have a moment of question and answer time where keep mm-hmm. a note of these things that we're talking about and ask us questions about this. I always say never go past the word. I got this from Mr. Elron Hubbard. Never go past the word that you do not understand. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to translation and comprehension. If mm-hmm. you and I are reading a book and we are reading so fast, and we get the gist of what they're saying, if we misunderstand one word, we miss the complete gist mm-hmm. of what is being said. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. important to make sure you and I understand what it is that we are reading. And if we come across a word that we don't understand, to stop and pause because there is so much rich- richness in understanding what it is that we are spending our time to read. Okay. So, yes, amen and amen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's another word for Akash, which is Book of Deeds, the Book of Lamb. All of these are synonymous with the words that we're using, the book um, Akash or Akashic Records, right? These are, um, at some point in time, you'll have an ability to review your whole life in this lifetime that we've had, and you'll be able to see what you did, what was done, and how it was done, and so forth, and how you responded to that, right? Mm-hmm. So in my process of understanding why I was a court reporter, why I am a court reporter in this lifetime, it helped me to understand the work that I would be doing in this lifetime, which is accessing the Akashic Records. So my spiritual fathers, I have to give them a shout-out right right now, mm-hmm. which is William Thomas, uh, my spiritual father and mentor, and Dr. Mark Armstrong. I study with them both. Dr. Mark Armstrong has studied chiropractic. He's a naturopath doctor. His father was a more. He knows about um, herbology, iridology, I mean, the gamut. His offices are out in Alpharetta, give him a shout-out. We'll be doing our workshop this weekend together. Mm -hmm. And then my spiritual father, um, William Thomas, who who has helped me to understand my role as an Akashic Record leader, not just a reader, not Mm -hmm. just one who can access them, but actually a leader, a leader which has access to all of the Akashic Records and the Records of Heaven that's not uh, records, uh, they're layers, I'll put it like mm-hmm. that. There are layers mm-hmm. of access to these Akashic records. And I have to give a shout-out to the Honorable Minister Farrakhan and my father who has passed on, Abdul Allah Muhammad, and my mother, Aisha S. Muhammad, because they are the ones, they are the reasons that I am doing this work that I am doing. It's not work, this, 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 this exciting life that I live now. They are the reasons for this. Okay. So now we were talking about the Akashic Records and how some people have traumatic experiences in life and don't quite understand, like, how all of that plays in. From what I've understood, what I understand and what I've been able to see is that our lives are a continuation. So in that, we pick up wherever we left off at. So... If we had experienced um, 
uh, and, and let me let me put it this way. I've also experienced that there are some of us who come back this lifetime as a helper. So we may experience things sometimes, and it's not because of something that we've done to someone else. Here's mm-hmm. this word you may have heard before, which is karma, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you, you get done what is done to you, right? You do, and right. then somebody come back and do to you. So there are, there are a couple of things that come into play when we're talking about the Akashic Record. So there are some of us who, who are living our lives on a continuum. That continuum says the previous lifetime, there were lessons that you had to learn, And in the process of learning those lessons, you go back, get recycled, so to speak. I'm speeding along here without going into a whole lot of detail. But you Mm -hmm. go back, you get recycled, you get placed back into this next dimension or wherever it is that you need to work out some things that you might not have gotten the last time you were here. Okay? The next thing is, There are those of us who have decided to come in this lifetime to help others along the journey of this lifetime so that you don't have to keep coming back to learn these lessons. So there are two, and then there are more. There are angels, what we call angels. There are those who are ascendant masters. There are so many different levels of people that have come to help us along this journey. Now, with reference to traumatic experiences, the traumatic in my life and my personal experience, every traumatic experience that I have ever had, and I have had a few, has, been, has happened to me to teach me something, to show me something, to share something with someone else to have compassion for something that I could not, would not have had had I not had that experience. Now, I have to say this to you. That has come along as an evolution. When I experienced what I experienced, I did not have this mindset. I have to be honest with you. This is not the mindset. There was a fleshy aspect of me that said, oh, no, I'm going to get you. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you're not going to do X, Y, and Z to this person or these people. Oh, no, you're not. Over time of working and studying and praying and meditating and meeting phenomenal people like you, Joel, having phenomenal conversations like this, have I come to the realization that it's useless to stay in a vicious cycle of I'm going to get you, you're going to get me back, and we keep going this, as I call it, this Mexican standoff. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no, no. So as Mm -hmm. I have decided, there was a point in time that I decided I no longer wish to have this back and forth. At that point that I decided, and I didn't quite know what was going to happen when I decided, I will be honest with that too, but what the result was, I began to live my life on purpose, not triggered by what has already happened. Mm. I began to choose my life and what I desire, what I wish, what I write out, script out, envision, see, whatever you want to call it, I begin to live my life like that, not attached to what has already happened. Okay, that's that was an a immense long amount of work. <laughs> I was saying that takes an, that's a huge amount of work, right? Like that's an active exercise, if you will, that's constant. 
because it, you know it's like you have to maintain your stasis or your perspective in a polarity environment that is uh, kind of programmed to destabilize that. <laughs> you would think that you 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 really would think that if you if you have not started along the journey. A lot of us think that way, but what I have discovered is this: I can spend fifteen minutes thinking sad about. A, 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 I call them opportunities. Some people call them problems. I can spend 15 <laughs> minutes on my problem, my opportunity to grow, or I can spend 15 minutes doing things that bring me joy and allow whatever that is to work itself out or present an opportunity for me to work it out. Me sitting, thinking about it, pondering about it, wallowing in it, it brings me no joy. It brings me no excitement. It brings me no prosperity. It brings me no attributes of moving beyond that space. So for me, honestly, it takes more work for me to stay stuck than it does for me to be who I naturally am, which is a free spiritual being. Remember we talked about in the very beginning, who are we? Are we 99% physical and 1% physical? I'm sorry, spiritual? Mm-hmm. Are we 50% physical, 50% spiritual? Like when you can really ask the self question and then test yourself out, mm-hmm. do test with yourself. This is where the answer is. If I believe that I am more, even if it's 51% spiritual and then 49% physical, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend 51% of my time thinking like a spiritual being. Mm -hmm. And then if I can do that, then my physical wellness will begin to improve. But it doesn't stay 51%, 49% with the consistent doing that. The physical aspect of being bogged down by problems, opportunities to grow, becomes less and less. That's a universal law. You Mm. cannot stay in the same place that you are doing something different. You cannot. So I encourage all of us, even if it's 51%, operate as if it's already done. And then the 49%, you go back into that state of pull me, pull me. But then 51% of the time, operate as if if already done. And what you begin to do is you begin to activate the God within, Mm. within you. And what happens is that momentum helps to take care of the 49%, which begins to gradually decrease 48%. 47, 46%, 45%, and then the spiritual being becomes more empowered. So it's not where you're going to have to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and it's going to stay the same. No, that's not a universal law. The universal law says the more you put in of this, the more you're going to get of this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The the image of Ma'at and light as a feather came through as you were talking about like freeing yourself, right? And the lightness of the heart versus the heaviness of the experience, uh, for one. And I also had to giggle. Uh, some of my um, 
Oh, it looks like we lost the call. We'll have to have her. Sure, she's dialing right back. But um, <laughs> as she's joining, thank you, everyone who's listening. We've got people in the chat room who are talking about what goes around, comes around, and karma, and how we are 90% water. Um, we've got people listening on the phone line. I know she's got folks who are texting. So all of you, thank you so much. The show line is 646-787-8436, and you are able to call in and ask questions. Uh, we're coming up on the second part of the show as well. So I do have you back, thankfully. I saw the call drop there. Um, and as I was getting ready to share, I had to giggle. Are, can you hear us okay? Yes. I'm okay, back. excellent. Okay, yes. I had to giggle because uh, we there's several of my listeners here. One of our friends worked in a job that was like a, one of those very oppressive structured jobs. And when you would get a demerit or a bad mark, they called it an opportunity. And so they were using the language of what is a positive, you know, and I know when you said that it's just seen as an opportunity now from your your way of processing, uh, they took the language and made it ill-defined to where you did not want to get an opportunity. It was like, oh, my God, I got an opportunity today at work. Oh, my gosh, I got a bad performance. They listened in on the call, and they said that I wasn't polite. I got an opportunity. I've got to get my opportunities reduced. Like, it took the language in such a toxic way and reshaped it in the experience. And so needing to clear that fear prompt of now being given opportunities and not necessarily even recognizing that the word would carry that connotation out into the regular non-work world too because of the fear negative uh, paradigm that was being associated with it within the physical mental space by that employer. But we took it in our friend circle and started joking with her, saying, oh, you got an opportunity, you know, to try to shift. Because <laughs> I really thought it was so toxic to see it as an opportunity, which is supposed to be like an expansive potentiality that should be anything that you wish to make of it. And I, I get the sense that that's what you say, that your trials and your challenges are just opportunities. You're like, well, what am I going to make of it? I'm going to make the most expansive and positive uh, recollection or uh, uh, integration of it, <laughs> right, uh, going forward. I refuse to be stuck into a paradigm where I'm using it as a negative shaping tool rather than a positive one. I guess that would be what I would say. So there again, you know, we talked about this English language, right? And it's one of the most difficult languages to learn simply because we actually redefine words over time based upon its usage. And let me let me say that again. The word eager and the word anxious used to mean something completely different than what they mean. Now, they were... They've been transposed. And so in dictionaries, you can look at a dictionary, and I learned this from my father. You can look at a dictionary from 100 years ago, look up a word. That's the exact same word today. And then look, up, look in a dictionary today, 
for that exact same word, and you'll get two completely different Mm -hmm. meanings of words. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I like to do is, remember we talked about never go past the word that you don't understand? Mm -hmm. I love looking at etymology of words. Yes. Because (laughs) when the words were first, yes, when the words were, were first placed, being used, it had a specific meaning. And then there are those who don't understand the definition of words and transpose them to mean something else. Now, we're talking about words, but there is a whole history of not just words. There have been circumstances that have happened in history that have been transposed to look like something else than what it actually is which is why I love Credo Mutua, which is why I love the African, our heritage, because it does not get transposed. When they learn the history, which is why it's important for us to teach our children the history, our history, Mm -hmm. because once it's written down by someone else, it can be written whatever they want it to be. And then Mm -hmm. that becomes the new history. So, What I loved about Credo Mutua is he knew their history. It was ingrained in his mind, and so the history was passed along by the words. You Mm -hmm. always say words have power, Mm -hmm. right? Words have power. When we know our history by heart, it does not matter what is placed in the book, and we are carrying that history along by word to our children and our children's children and our children. It cannot be changed. But when we have writings, when we take mm-hmm. and we only commit to what is in a written form, then that can easily be changed. Mm-hmm. So the word opportunity. As if we look that word up now in the dictionary, it means something completely different than what you just shared with me that mm-hmm. someone used in an employment scenario. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably I, I never worked for anybody, and that might be why, because I'm one of those people that you can't just tell me anything. I'm going to go and research, and I'm going to look it up. And so if that word had been used with me, I would have had to politely correct them like if you're going to write me up this word this does not this word that you're using is not the appropriate word for this so i'm going to scratch that word out on my paperwork you can use it with everybody else but i'm going to scratch that word out and say this is a warning or this is a demotion or this is we're going to use the appropriate for my stuff now i don't know what you want to do with everybody else yes but i'm not going to get things you're not going to twist things for me Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that. that happens. That happens. That definitely happens. We just have to be vigilant even with ourselves and not get caught up in knowing something is pink and somebody convinced us that it's purple today. It was pink yesterday, but we changed it to purple. Yeah, you know, so. Uh, just sharing some comments from the chat room. We have uh, Be Wise as Serpents, who's been following along, and uh, he says definitions create definitions with P-H-O-E-N-I-C-I-A-N-S. I thought that words are my sword. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very impacting. And yes. also, that, thank um, you for sharing that. 
Uh, warriors acknowledge our pain, however, we do not indulge in it. Was also mm-hmm. a quote that was shared Beautiful. as well. Now, in your practice with people, like coming back to the oral tradition and the uh, knowledge of family that you were talking about with Credo Mutua, and the indigenous tend to work through the oral passing of knowledge, wisdom, and story. And uh, so when we talked at the beginning about returning, kind of reintegrating to the original way of being versus the evolution of belief and things, when you mm-hmm. sit down with, uh, you know, hey, how does your Akashic awareness come through? Like if I come and I have a session with you, what does that look like? Mm. So the first thing we do is I would like to have a brief conversation with you to first ask why are you here, like what is it that you believe I can do to assist you. Um, And a lot of times um, most people have come to me by someone telling them to come and visit me because they believe there is something that I offer that could be beneficial to them. Um, and then once we do that, incorporate not just the uh, spiritual aspect of what I do, I actually have technology that I utilize to scan the body. And I can do that remotely and I can do it in person. So I'm not only just working with the spiritual aspect of who you are, whatever the challenge you might have, I also want to look at what's happening. However, Whatever that is you're experiencing, how is that impacting you physically? So I got to give a shout-out to my girl, Nikki, right about now. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, Nikki. I love you, Nikki, with um, – <laughs> uh, let me get her name. And she's in the chat book. Please, she's going to be on here next week. I love you, sweetheart. She and I switched places. She allowed me to humbly come in today, and she can take next week. But she has this technology that actually allows you to see your aura. And you see your aura, and you can see what happens when you think about certain things that might have happened to you. Your aura will expand. It may constrict. So there is technology that I utilize to see what's happening with your physical body, what's happening with your energy centers or chakras, what's happening with your meridians, what's happening with your organs. So I always like to do an assessment before I start working with anybody. And then after Mm -hmm. I do the initial conversation with you, after I do the assessment with the technology that I utilize, then we can have a conversation and, okay, what is it that you believe is happening with your body or what's happening with you mentally? So I work with you mentally, have technology that works with you mentally. I do a process um, that's uh, a mind management work that I do with you mentally, then I also work with you spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So I do an assessment first. You give me feedback on what you believe is happening. I look at the technology that I have to correlate that to what you're saying, and then we come up with a plan, a plan of action. If it's something that I, then I offer that. If it's something that I believe someone else may be able to work with you better, then I will refer you to someone else. So that's initially how we work. Once you come in and we have a conversation, what I've discovered is most people need someone to listen to them. 
So mm-hmm. now in my listening skills, going back to my 29 years of being a court reporter, I'm able to pick up what you're saying and what you're not saying because intuitively here come that psychic ability. I can see what you're saying. You're giving me a story, and I'm not emotionally connected to what you're saying because it's, it's a story. It's not happening right now, so there's no emergency that I need to jump in and fix. I'm just listening right now, listening to your story, your perspective of the story. And then I'm also visualizing your story as you tell me. But I'm also looking at the other people involved, the other components involved, so that I can get an an aerial view of what it is that you believe you've experienced within connection to the other people around you. So Mm. that's the first thing that I do. And then I'll give you feedback. Because of my profession as a court reporter, one of the things that I learned being in that in that field is it's not as important to be able to fix somebody or be able to tell somebody what they need to do as it is having the right question. Mm-hmm. And I have I have the ability by God's grace and mercy to ask you questions to help you get to your own resolution because it's not about me telling you what you need to do or telling you what happened in your life is wrong or telling you. It is your self-awareness which builds your own energy within your physical body to create the momentum for you to what you need to do to get beyond whatever it is that you're presenting with. So I'm a person of questions. I ask questions. Mm. So that's <laughs> kind of like thing. how we operate. <laughs> so that's my favorite thing. Now, um, are you utilizing the constellation mapping, or is that going to be something oh, that's yes. part of the... I utilize. I have a a, a medicine bag. I've got <laughs> practical. I've got. I've. Oh my God. We 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 utilize many different things. And if I began to tell you all of the many things that I utilize, Joette, we'll be on this phone for probably another hour or so. But I will tell you this: everything is based upon what it is that you believe that you need. And then I will make a recommendation to you. And I will ask you, will you allow me, based upon all of the many tools that I will share with you that I have at my disposal, will you allow me to choose the one that I believe is most mm-hmm. appropriate for you now? And mm-hmm. most times people will go, listen, I'm here, just do, do, you know, do whatever it is that you need to do. And then I'll go, wonderful. Some people, other people have told them about something that I've done, and they have raving reviews about it, and they specifically come there to do this specific thing. And if that's what they want to do, then that's what we're going to do. So it depends on, and I always say, we move as fast as you're wanting and willing to move, or we can move as slow as you need to move. Because some things are not just, you know, okay, talk about it now and then. Okay, I got it, and I'm going to go on on my business. And, you know, some mm-hmm. things are not quite that that cookie cutter. So that, you know, I hope I've answered and helped you to understand kind of like how we move in a session or in sessions with me. Well, it definitely lets me know that it's not a a 20-minute phone call and forecast for the next 30 days. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not like nope. the CVS uh, minute clinic, like you would see the minute clinic doctor, like your spiritual yes. physician that wants to engage in an ongoing healthy dynamic with somebody who's very yes. invested in their well-being. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, you know, I'm not, I know I'm not for everybody, you know, but it's so beautiful because most people who I've had a conversation with who maybe was not ready to move because the, I always say I will not waste your time and I ask that you do not waste mine. And so if you're not quite ready right now, it's perfectly okay. It's okay if you're not ready. I will most likely be here. I don't know. Things are moving very fast in my life right now. So my one-on-one sessions, you know, I'm very careful on the clients that I accept in right now. But if it's appropriate for you and it fits with my schedule and my availability, then I'm all for it. I'm going to be available when I say I'm going to be available. I expect you to be available so that we don't waste each other time. And if you're not at that point in time, at that place in time, it's okay. Maybe you will at another. Maybe there are some things that you, you know, that you might want to experience or other people you may want to experience first before you come here. But most times people come back. They're like, I thought about what you said. There are some things that have happened in my life. What you said was right and exact, and I'm ready. I like them. Oh, my God. You're ready. I'm like, oh, yes. Let's do this. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> no, you're also a uh, teacher, right? So uh, you're I... instructive. You don't just offer your sessions like in the one-on-one. You facilitate and bring people together for specific works. I, I know that you have an event actually coming up. It's no longer available because all the spaces are full, but would you share <laughs> a little bit about what it is that people can do if maybe they're not ready to go into the the long-term one-to-one, what I'm not going to say yeah. it's not deep because I know it's still deep, but you know what I'm saying for a different <laughs> format. Absolutely. So um, this weekend we actually have the Family Mapping Constellation scheduled, and that can happen in um, in a group setting in a couple of ways. It can happen where I've had families come together of 10 of more, where they've come together and they know there are some dynamics that they want to work through. It's been existing in their family for a long time, and they're ready to talk about it. They're ready to move through it. So we have a group session with the family, and we ask one of the individuals who's ready to have start the conversation. And then they'll ask the individuals in the room in that particular group to play a particular role. So it has happened with families who knew each other, and it also happens in group settings of people who don't know each other. And I find that those are very, very powerful because when we're in, like this weekend, it's a group of people who most of them don't even know each other. It's very powerful because what I've seen is when one person decides to stand and want to work through something that they've experienced, It could be something that they're seeking answers to in their family. It could be something that might have happened to them in their family and they don't know why it happened or someone allowed certain things to happen. 
Sometimes it's simply a sibling who had to play the role of another part in the family, like a son playing the role of a father or a daughter having to play the role as a mother. Sometimes it's I just want to be the one that I was birthed, the order that I was birthed in. And so when we come together in these group settings, the individual will ask someone in the group to play a role, to have an interaction so that they can see from an objective perspective how this actually played out. And there are those who will be asked in the group to play a role. There will be those who will be witnessing what's happening in the roles as they play, right? Mm -hmm. But what I've always found out, what I've discovered and what I've been able to really appreciate is somebody in that room has experienced the exact same thing, person that has stood up to say, I'll be the one to play my role out. Everybody is interconnected. Mm-hmm. Every single person either knows someone who experienced that or had a personal relationship in their own life with the exact same thing. So the one person who stands up is not only the one who benefits from this group setting, but it's also those who are participating benefit from this group setting as well. I love it. I love it. It's so mm. profound. It's so, it's like, it's, it's, it's miracles. Like, how does this happen? It happens. And it's real. And it has been happening for years and years and years, this particular way of being. As I mentioned, Credo Mutua, this is what he found in the origins of Africa. This is connected to where we've come from. And when we understand the patterns that exist, they only duplicate duplicate themselves based upon what somebody did before us, what somebody said before us, what somebody didn't do before us, what somebody might have witnessed before us. And that's why we show up today, how we show up. Mm-hmm. Something is connected to something that's hidden. Family constellation, it shines a light on it. It shines a light on it for everybody to see. And then there's healing that happens with it because we bring you back into your proper place in your family unit, and we sit you there and go, okay, now that we see this, now you can breathe. Now you can be who you are intended to be without the shadow of X, Y, and Z over your life. Mm -hmm. It's, It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, I'm. I was so excited when I heard that you did uh, constellation um, work. The first time I encountered it was with uh, a sister down in Mexico who I just uh, absolutely love, and she's a Mayan and Mexican ancestral um, healer and priestess. And she was talking about the Agua de Constellaciones or, you know, I'm sure I'm butchering it, Mm -hmm. but it was uh, in a pool, like a baby pool, and all these objects were cast into it. And then she, you know, began to do the work of what your constellation was showing. And I never had opportunity to sit with her during my different times there because we were always doing other things. Um, So... I'm super excited to connect with you in terms of that kind of yes. 
lens to look at things, especially because I'm adopted. So I know that I'm in the family unit that I'm within with purpose for my soul experience and that there's opportunity mm-hmm. to clear patterns be, by being in this and that just because mm-hmm. I'm not aware of the biological connections in this lifetime does not mean that we may not be four generations back still biologically connected, you know. Um, Yes. The other image that I thought about is that in uh, this learning that I, I uncovered in a Hawaiian book, uh, Soul Mm. Mana Oracle Cards, uh, written by uh, scholars from Hawaii, indigenous, Uh, not European perspective of the Hawaiian, and they were talking about how Ho'oponopono really happens, and it's not just the way that we've learned in the New Age kind of now. What happens is there is an elder feminine who convenes the family circle and brings everyone Mm. to the table for the mana, for the healing, and they begin to talk about then like their experience where there has been a harm in a way that is with the intention of all being heard and then the resolve and the forgiveness being able to emerge from that circle that's held. And I just had that vision of you holding that space in the circle with the family as you're doing what is absolutely transformative and healing work, you know, through that Mm. workshop that you're talking about. So I love that the threads kind of connect from one to the next, but in a universal kind of way when you get past the language of culture, uh, when you get down to the actual function, which is healing so that, further patterns are shifted going forward rather than uh, continuing to perpetuate from the past. When do you think we're going to have another one of these? I actually do have another one that's coming up. You all can go to my website at soulwisdomintl.com and you'll see all of the upcoming workshops. But I do have one coming up, let me tell you right now. The next date for the constellation, I call them uh, family mapping, is March, March the 11th. So you can go to the um, website and you can look at, click on uh, family mapping, and you can go right ahead and register for it. Um, we that is in a group setting, but you can also do a one-on-one session with me if you are not quite ready to have an open conversation with those in a group setting. You can also do, which you were referring to, Joelle, um, a family mapping with one-on-one, and I utilize crystals and okay. any and everything else in the room mm-hmm. that you want to represent someone in your family. It's amazing mm-hmm. how. Um, you know, an individual would choose something huge to represent one person, choose something almost like you cannot even see it to represent someone else. All of that means something for them. And it's so beautiful to witness, as I was listening to you as well, Joelle, you mentioned that you were adopted. One of the things that I love about family mapping is that it does not matter if you have the information consciously 
about who your parents are, who their parents are, who your siblings might be. There is, we talked about this earlier, biogenetics, which is existing in the field, the Mm -hmm. F-I-E-L-D. There is an energetic field that is still connected to you. And Mm -hmm. when you tap into that energetic field, the people who are connected to you begin to speak. And mm-hmm. they either can speak through people or they can speak through crystals or anything else that you use because they truly want to be heard. Most of it is all a misunderstanding. And believe it or not, those who have not had an opportunity to speak about what may have happened are the first ones to show up in a group setting and in a one-on-one session. Mm-hmm. They want to speak their piece. So I call this we're going to heaven's court, kind of, sort of like. There we go, mm-hmm. back to court reporting, right? It's mm-hmm. all interconnected. Everybody <laughs> wants to be vindicated, whether they have transitioned on or whether they're still here. They want the truth to be told. At this point, if they've transitioned, there is nothing for them to have to lie about. The wow. energy of who they are is existing inside of your DNA, Joelle. Mm-hmm. And it will speak. It will speak. It wants it wants the, the clouds to be removed so the sun can come through so that you can give them the praise that they might believe that they need to have because they were not rightly treated. They were not yeah. rightly told about the whole story. You know, in court we say, tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you, God. Mm-hmm. They want the truth to be told, and at this point, they don't care who gets hurt. Right. They want everybody to be revealed who had a part in whatever part it is, including theirs. Absolutely. Including theirs. So, yes, ma'am, there's, there's it, no it, it's a, it's like a beautiful thing to witness. There's no human need to correct the past, the record, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There you go. It is when what my, it is. Uh, it is written. When my my journey absolutely shifted because some of the first people that I started having clairvoyant interactions with were my uh, uh, adopted grandparents, but then shortly thereafter, within like a year or two, my biological family began presenting in spirit as well, and it shifted the mm. story that had been written mm. in me as to what my parents' birth story was, you know, at the age that they were, that they had me, it shifted for me and brought a huge amount of medicine and being able to continue on then differently with a new relationship. So correcting the record, you know, uh, definitely was a positive experience for me. So uh, kind of what it means, you. let me just tell you, you. we've got people in the mm. chat room. We've got, um, I know that Karima <laughs> is on the line. She's in the chat room, and Karima, I believe, is coming up at the end of January. She's another beautiful yes. sister. Um, Nikki beautiful with beautiful is coming up next week. We've got uh, somebody who does want to ask a question in just a moment, but let me get your um, website and the ways that people can contact you out before we get into this last segment. (laughs) Absolutely, Joelle. This has been so phenomenal. The website is 
soulwisdomintl.com. That's www.soulwisdomintl.com. And you can go there and see all of the phenomenal workshops that are coming up, the classes that I teach. I have a women's retreat that is coming up in Puerto Rico come July. I'm excited about that. This will be our three-year anniversary of having our retreat. You can go to my social media, which is Soul Wisdom, I-N-T-L, and Instagram, Um, You can go to Soul Wisdom on Facebook. You can even go to my personal page, Sandy Buford Muhammad, on Facebook. Um, Those are all of the places. You can reach out to me if you want to send me a text or touch bases with me. You can reach out to me via phone as well. You want me to give that to Joelle? Yeah, whatever business line, any way you're open to being connected. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So you can reach out to me at 770 nine zero six six one nine three you can send me a text if i don't pick up you can leave me a message i am very good with returning calls usually within the same day as long as it's within the business hours of nine to five um i am available to do public speaking events which i love 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 My passions are women. My passions are business owners. My passions are children. I am really passionate about any and all of us who are on the journey seeking to self-discover and needing someone to just not tell you what to do. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to encourage you to find your way because I'm not here to be with you for the rest of your life telling you how this thing works. I'm here to set you on the journey of self-discovery so it can become automated where you then begin to have this desire and this love for who you are and how you fit inside of the bigger scheme of things. So that's how you reach me. I'm all about that. I mean, I'm so glad to be connected with you. And this has just been, um, it's exactly what I love about having these conversations is that it is so expanding for me personally. And I know that it is for the people who tune in either now or in the future moment, because I know that they will be magnetically drawn to this record, if you will, at a point when they need to have something transformative happen for them. So it's just an honor to be able to facilitate and hold this space here. I do have someone who has a question. As we get ready for this last segment, um, you have agreed to provide like spiritual guidance or readings for people um, who call in if that is what they're asking. Of course, callers, if you want to contribute thought to the conversation or ask Sandy a question about her life, feel free to do that as well. Did you have anything like in terms of uh, guidance or what kind of questions you would receive um, for anyone who's getting ready to join, Sandy? Yes. Um, So because of the time that we're in uh, and the amount of time that we have, If you do have a question about um, something that may be going on in your life or you'd like for me to share, 
uh, give you feedback. I will be able to give you limited feedback in this space, and I will encourage you to reach out to me personally. There are some things that might come to me that may not be appropriate, for this particular setting, it will be more appropriate on a in a one-on-one setting. And so just be mindful that I will say to you that there are things that are coming up that are not appropriate to, to say in the public setting like this that I'll encourage you to um, reach out to me one-on-one. But other than that, I, uh, they're, they're, I'm ready. Oh, yes. I'm glad you said that because let me tell you guys, these are recorded. They're out there. They're going to be there for, you know, ever and ever and ever time. So, you know, your spiritual tea can be sipped by many. Of course, we try to respect that. And I'm going to just ask for your first name or initials uh, because there is, a, you know, a connecting with the energy that comes. But just, yeah, please uh, take it to the one-on-one if it's something that you already know, you know. And also, these readings are really about you. It's not about what's my mother and brother's cousin and is somebody cheating on me and that kind of conversation. Uh, so we're definitely uh, uh, hoping to be a little more focused on you and your spiritual growth and walk in the now moment. So, all right, I am going to bring our first caller on. Caller with the phone ending 9538895. You are on the Psychic Inside Show with Sandy Duper Mohammed. Who are we speaking with? Oh, wow. Um, it's Kathy. I didn't think I was going to be first. I wanted to see how the questions were going um, first. Um, Let's see. She says generic. Um, can you tell me? I had a. I, I'm trying to um, do. I had an interview last week. Um, do you see me getting the um, offer? Um, okay, so beloved Kathy, I am happy that you are the first caller on here and you're going to be the one that's going to help everybody else to understand how this works. So that's why I was so just like, I, was, I didn't want to be first because I didn't, I didn't understand totally. No, no, no. So it seems like I someone, did on top of that. Someone must, someone must be first. It is perfectly okay. Um, we, it, it is perfectly okay. Um, so one of the things that um, I, I always like to ask uh, first um, is, is when you think about the job or the opportunity that you are looking to, um, to be involved in, is this your first love? Yes. Yes. What I is do, this yes. your first love? Okay, it is what uh-huh. you do. If you were not paid to do this thing, would you be okay with it? Yes. You would be okay to work for this company mm-hmm. and not necessarily be paid for what it is that you're going to be doing? Yes. Okay, very good. Have you ever worked with this company before? No, I haven't. Okay, good. How long has it been that you've been doing this thing that you've been that you've interviewed for? Um, twenty plus years. Twenty plus years. Mhm. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Now, um, are you in a place that you can stand up at? 
Yes, ma'am. Are uh-huh. you in a position where you can stand? Okay. Yes, All right, good. So, okay, wonderful. I want you to I want you to do something for me, if you don't mind. Okay. You can put us on speaker because you're not going to have to speak for about a few seconds. Okay. So you can put us on speaker. Okay. And and what I and what I want you to do is this. I want you to stand straight up with your arms to your side. And I want you to close your eyes. Okay? Now, I want you to say to yourself, show me my yes and observe what happens with your body. Okay, good. Did you see what happened with your body? It started to relax. Okay, good. I want you to observe which way your body sways. So close your eyes again and center yourself, and then ask yourself once again, show me my yes. Slightly to the right. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, now relax once again. And then say, show me my no. Show me my what? My no. No. You're asking your body to show you your no, N-O. Are you able to tell what happened with your body? It's um, moving slightly forward. Okay, good. Okay, very good. All right, so now what I want you to do is I want you to stand and I want you to relax for me, okay? Okay. And I want you to repeat after me. After I say this, I want you to repeat it to yourself silently, okay? Okay. Okay. The question that I want you to say is this. Is this job that I interviewed for in my highest and best good? What happened with your body? I'm kind of making a circle. Ooh, so okay. Weird. So now, okay, beautiful, beautiful. Now this is what I want you to do. I want you to relax uh-huh. again. Close your eyes. And I want you to ask the question, show me what this, mm, no, it's important to have the proper question. Ask the ask this question. Does this mean I can go or I can I forgive me. Does this mean that I can accept this job or I don't have to accept this job? Which which means it's neutral. Ask that question. Does this circle mean this is a neutral response for me? Ask that question, please, and let me know what happens with your body. 
Nothing. I knew that not at Nothing all. Nothing happened? Okay. Nope. So I would tell you, for me, what I'm picking up, what this means, is that you are not in divine alignment with the choice with working with this particular company. When you're in divine alignment, the body is going to send you in the direction that you need to go into. Now, you can, you can, you can make a declaration or you can make, um, you can put out in the universe that you want to work for this particular company, but it wouldn't be for your highest and best good. The circle, for me, what that means is, you have not decided on a direct, uh, in a in a definite direction yet. You haven't decided. It's not the company. It's you. I haven't decided that I want to work for them, or I haven't decided mm-hmm. that I like what I do. No, you. It. I feel very strongly that you do like what you do, but this particular okay. company would not be for your highest and best good. The okay. reason that I asked you to the reason that I asked you to to do this is because you and Aitley know what's best for you on your soul journey, and I want you to be able to tap into your direct knowing and know how to get there. Your body showed you what it means when it's good for you to go in the direction of yes. Your body also showed you what it means when it's good for you to stay away from something. It's important that you remember that. So, so what that's what yes I've got my body question. So according to what you said to me, when your body sways to the right, that's a yes for you. Uh-huh. When your body sways slightly forward, that's a no for you, based upon what you just shared with us. Okay. But it's important for you to continue to, yeah, it's important for you to continue to work with you because you have a direct connection with the source of all that is. And you're always getting downloads of information on what's most appropriate for you and your highest good. Now, you can always do, you know, something that's not in your highest good and then you'll come back. You have to, you know, sometimes retract. But if you tap into this direct knowing, You'll always be in the place that you need to be in, and you'll always be away from the place that you need to stay away from. You have the power within yourself to know. That's interesting. Okay. Huh. <laughs> Any other comments or questions that you have for me? Um, no, I'll, I'll um, look up your profile and stuff. That's, I'm intrigued about mm-hmm. what you just said, and what happens, and it's all, I guess, back to you need to pay attention to your body and the signs that you know are there, but you just haven't put them together. So mm-hmm. that, I'm intrigued. Uh, so th- thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. Kind of good being first, I guess, so then. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it is, you know, and then sometimes it may be some some adjustments within yourself that you may not even need to be. I don't know what line of work you're in, but you may not need to be with another company. You may be, it may be more appropriate for you to design something for yourself 
and then solicit yourself to other companies that can utilize your service. That is one of the questions that might be a more a stronger question for you than it is for you working with somebody else like this. But you can always get to the answer by doing this exercise with yourself. It's important to know the question. And your question is, is it to start with, is it for me to design and develop something for myself and solicit to other businesses, or is it best for me to work under a company right now and be and continue to strengthen my skills in this area? That's the first question before you even get to working for somebody else. Hmm. That's interesting. You you make a lot of comments. Common sense, um, a, a, a lot of uh, common sense. Um, it, well, I'm a little speechless, and I'm usually not a little bit speechless. Um, I'm a Leo. Um, yeah, that's interesting. The, the, the company, I think, is the best fit for now. I'm not sure for how long. Um, the energy seems good across the board. Um, but at the same time, I need it now. But at the same time, I'm trying to ex- trying to develop an exit out of corporate America. So you might, it might be both of those that I need to do this before I can do the next thing. Um, so that's interesting. You're you're pretty mm-hmm. pretty good. That's 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 interesting because <laughs> it's literally it, it's not. That's it's not me, sweetheart. It's not me. It's the divine energy flowing through, and with you and I both have the ability to do it. It's innately. But I do want to leave you with this. There was something that you said, and you said the first response you gave me is, I think it's best for now. And whenever we make choices with our mind, we are attempting to rationalize something that we are afraid of or we are in fear of but if you move to your heart when you move to your heart and then ask the question you'll always get the right answer so less of thinking with the mind and more thinking with the heart because that is our first mind so meditation i would recommend for you to sit with yourself to just build your own stamina in your knowing, your direct knowing is what we call it. Sit with that yourself is so and love I just yourself. started back meditating. I just started back meditating, believe it or not, All trying to get back into it. You. All of this will become clearer to you the more you tap into that. It's what we call direct you're, you're knowing. You're right, because I've seen it started working. I've done it less than two weeks. I don't do it every day, and I need to. Um, but I have become clearer. You're, you're, you're dead far. I'm speechless almost, and I don't usually become <laughs> speechless. You're, you're dead on. But that has gave me, um, you have gave me direction. I need to continue. I need to continue to try to meditate, and it helps me just clear my mind helps me just calm down because I'm a true type A person. So it you're you're good. You're I, I appreciate your time. <laughs> let, let me say that because I know you have other callers. Um 
And well, I, 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 I look um, forward to I hear, hearing from you, Kathy. <laughs> yes, I see you're, and you're around me somewhere, so um, we might meet um, sometime soon. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much for calling thank, in. Thank we you. appreciate you. Thank you, Kathy. I definitely appreciate you coming on and like just to further, I'm just beaming from ear to ear because uh, a few weeks ago, Nikki recommended to me to join her and Karima in reading The Emotion Code, which talks Mm. about muscle testing. And so, you know, I kind of dabbed into the book a little bit, but it was taking a long time to get to the meat of the matter, and and I needed to read (laughs) faster. So I wound up searching and looking at videos on muscle testing on December 19th. Mm -hmm. And I've Mm -hmm. been trying to find my language of yes or no and to get comfortable and then begin to trust the body truth that those things represent when whatever your tell is was like your poker tell, right? Your uh, what your mm-hmm. your your trick is. Yes, so to have yes. you talk with her immediately about the answer within, it's like message from the from the universe for me too. <laughs> just listening, which lets us know that we're all having. There's a commonality of experience, of question, of journey, process that can emerge and. Conversations like this are beautiful because they show us ourselves reflected in the external world through another. And to me, that's just very um, transformative and healing, If you know. So thank you mm. <laughs> for giving me a reading. You're too. welcome. It's exciting. It's exciting. That's what I, I love. I love it. We are all one. So what one benefits from, we all can benefit from. I'm, I'm, I am so grateful to be here tremendously. Thank you so much again, Joelle. Well, it's been great. We don't have anyone else who has re, uh, re raised their hand in terms of coming off for a question. We are coming up on the last kind of five minutes or so. Um, is there anything that you would uh, kind of say as your if I have to put one thing into your energy, what's my sign-off to you or my mission to you going forth, what would you share about yourself and your journey uh, for others to take away? The first thing I want to always say is to be humble and be full of gratitude. You know, I always say to Anyone that I'm speaking to, I am first a student. There are many things that I know, but it's more things that I do not know. And so I humble myself to be a student first. Like I mentioned, I have two spiritual fathers and mentors at the same time. And people say, how do you do that? It It is interesting. I have a tendency to do things very challenging. I am an avid uh, reader and learner, and so... I, I, I like a lot of information, I guess, coming to me at the same time. <laughs> That's the best way I can say it. So, you know, truly being humble in in presentation, and I pray that I have presented myself in such a way I get very passionate about talking on these topics and, and these subjects. However, I want to always come across as very humble and filled with gratitude because there have been many that have poured into me and are consistently pouring into me. 
the other thing that I would uh, like to say is, you know, it's there is never a final answer that I have found. Every question that I ask leads me to another answer. And to be patient and kind with yourself. It's always more to know. There's more to learn. Pace yourself. Be kind and gentle to yourself. Study hard if you want to call it the word study. But explore who you are, who your family is, where you've come from. Do not stay there. Allow that to be the board that you bounce on to excel in all of the other areas of your life. I have come from a family strongly rooted in faith, and that has been my sounding board. And when I say faith, not necessarily faith around a religious perspective, although there is a religion that's connected to my upbringing, but more so it is the belief that I can accomplish what I will. So I share that with you. No matter how bad things get, no matter how difficult things appear, when we close our eyes, all of that truly disappears. We can go to a place of solitude, even just for a moment, even just for a second, and allow our bodies, ourselves, to be at peace just for a second. Then open the eyes and ask for strength to continue on and to move on. You do not have to do this by yourself. There are many of us. I am just an example, a sample of the many people who are available, willing, able, and anticipating, waiting the recognition of you. So if you need this type of help, this type of uh, reminder of who you are, reach out to Joelle. Joelle is connected to many, many practitioners, to many, many people. Even her herself is very, very astute. We're going to have to have an interview of Joelle on the show <laughs> one day. If she will ask, allow me to come back and to interview her, I would love for her to be able Absolutely. to share Well, yes, a wealth of information. So you don't have to go at this alone. There's a, a large shift that has happened, and we all are coming out of the woodwork speaking broadly and boldly about these types of conversations. So connect with, find you a group, a person, a people, what have you, that can help support you along the journey. We do not do this by ourselves. We have many who love us, who support us, who encourage us, even in the things that don't sound quite right sometimes. But we have that support. And so I just encourage you, each and every one of you, to continue your journey of self-discovery and stay strong, stay diligent, and stay true to who you are, allowing no one to make you believe you are anything less than a child of the Most High. I love you all, and I appreciate you all. Thank you so much, Joelle. Oh, Sandy, thank you. It's just been a blessing, and I'm grateful for you coming on and the wisdom that you shared and for a spirit that brought the connection forward for us. 
Um, next week on Tuesday, the Psychic Inside Show will be back to take a look behind the veil. My guest is going to be Nikki Nickerson, and she is the phenomenal woman behind Beautiful Soul Aura Photography. And again, another amazing story. I can't wait to hear what her journey brought her. And you can find the schedule on the upcoming shows. I've got guests at this point booked through March. So we're going to be here every week meeting with fascinating people. If you're on YouTube, check me out tomorrow. I've got a a live stream called In the Cards with the Vibrarian, and we're going to be talking about oracle divination, tarot divination, cards, and Of course, it will be high vibe and a beautiful group of people coming together for that. I wish for you that you have all of the blessings this week that you can possibly hold and that those blessings spill out from your arms to bless the world around you. The light in me absolutely sees and honors and reflects the light in you. Namaste. Namaste.